0: It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Gershelitos. Oh yes, and what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All
1: right, sounds good. Let's do this.
0: Team on Friday. Do want to remind you, we will have those first four games. Although, according to the poll yesterday and even text that I got, always call them playing games. They're not the field yet. The field is 64. That's where I'm at. I was kind of back and forth on it yesterday, but. My gut still calls them playing games. We'll have those coverage of those games tonight, including that uh, Fairleigh Dickinson versus uh, Texas Southern game. And then you're stuck at work, whatever you're doing in the car, you drive Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Hammer has your coverage of NCAA tournament basketball. All weekend long, we got it for you. All right? So just turn on 101.7, stream it, Download the app, we got gotcha. you. It's the most wonderful time of the year, people. Great show today. Greg Braggs Jr. coming on from Braggs in the Stands and CHO uh, uh, Sports as well. Uh, I just totally butchered that because I got all excited about it. CHGO, sorry. hey Look, I didn't take the vowels out the word, they did. Don't get mad at me. Let's just get started with our need to know news. Here's your need to
1: know news.
0: All right, Purdue's Zach Eady has been named a first-team All-American. Again, this is three out of the four that you need to be a consensus. All-American National Association of Basketball Coaches have named him first-team. So that's three out of four. We are waiting on the United States Basketball Writers Association to release theirs. Zach makes All-America there, which, come on, he's going to make All-America there. He'd be the fourth consensus all-American for Purdue in the last seven years. Can you go ahead, name them all real quick. You should be able to name them all, right? Go backwards. You got Jade Ivey? Yeah. You got Who else? Well, I know you're gonna go uh to let's see, Carson Edwards? And who else am I missing out on here? Oh, Biggie. Yeah, Biggie. See, that would be the fourth one, like I said, in the last seven seasons, which is crazy. I don't know what year they decided that it became a consensus, though. Because I don't think they brought in everybody until... I don't know, probably after Joe Barry Carroll. At least after then. Was Glenn... Glenn was a consensus. Joe Barry Carroll was a consensus, but there's only two back then. I had to go, I looked this up to make sure I didn't miss something. Juwan was a consensus and they only had three. When did they add in the sporting news? I have to look that up. But yeah, you want to go back in consensus, you got to go all the way back to, uh, it looks like Juwan Johnson before that. So yeah, four out of the last seven. Pretty darn good. Purdue baseball back at it tonight. They're at home tonight for the first time. Get on out to Alexander Field. First pitch, I believe, is scheduled for 4 p.m. They're going to take on Northern Illinois University. The Huskies coming into town here. uh, 3-12 on the season. Steven on the mound tonight for the Boilers. The sophomore righty, 10 strikeouts and 17 innings. Wants to rebound from that rough outing in Oxford over the weekend. They got swept by Ole Miss number 4 team in the nation. But there were some bright spots in that series. They just got to build off that stuff. Uh, Purdue men's basketball's commit. uh, Miles Colvin will be a part of the high school slam dunk three-point contest in Houston during the Final Four. You'll be able to watch that on April the 2nd. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, the closer we get to that. How about the Blackhawks? Shocking the world yesterday. Maybe not the world, but look, they were plus 350. We talked about this in our best bets yesterday. Plus 350 against Boston, and they didn't just win. They won bigly, 6-3, to four-third period goals. Taylor Radish had a hat trick uh, in that third period. And pretty darn impressive. That's going to go ahead and snap. A three-game losing streak. The Hawks will have the night off. They're gonna head to Nashville tomorrow and take on the Predators. Bulls are back at it tonight in the United Center. They're gonna host the or they're gonna host the Sacramento Kings. Sacktown is a one-point favorite in that one. And there would be Your Need to Know News. For this Wednesday, the 15th of March which is the fifth year anniversary, by the way. Happy birthday to us. Five years we're celebrating on the air today. Couldn't be happier, especially after COVID, because I think some of us thought that it wasn't going to come back in any way, shape, or form. I was worried. But we're back. We're ready to go. Let's get some best bets for tonight. Uh, Yesterday, So we hit the first half under that we did pick. I didn't want to, because of all the criteria, we had Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on. We talked about the criteria and how much they love the first half unders. And that's, um, that Texas A&M Corpus Christi game, you know, with uh, Coach Lutz and them winning. That was was the one right there. You had two uh, mid-major programs that don't get a lot of attention during the season. That fit the bill. We talk about nerves, national television, that stuff. That one fit the bill. That Pitt-Mississippi State game, I didn't bother to touch because those guys are used to that. And so we went 1-0 last night. We, I mean, we didn't just win that one. Well, what did we clear that by? We cleared that by a lot. That was a 73-and-a-half on the under, and they scored 60. So we cleared that by 13. Very nice. I have to wash out Vasilevsky last night because I couldn't find it anywhere to bet. And that's sad, too, because he only had like 24 saves. Books would have cleaned up. They were slacking. So let's wash that. We did hit Ingram uh, for the uh, Coyotes. Man, he had 44 like 44 saves last night. We needed 32 out of them. Whew. Let's go. I'm going to get off hockey tonight. There's only like four games. And admittedly, again, I did not do my hockey research. But why don't we get into this fairly Dickinson in Texas Southern game tonight? Southern is a two and a half point favorite. We've got a 147 over under. I like our first half in this one, 68. We'll talk a little bit more about both these teams after we get done talking with Brags here, but they are, like, I was trying to figure out who I liked. Texas Southern tends to be a little bit more up-tempo. Don't let the record fool you. They were missing a lot of guys early on in their season. They had to win the conference tournament to get in. Ken Palm has him at a of 156 offensive rating, 361 defensive rating, and a tempo of 111. I'm sorry, that's fairly Dickinson. Texas Southern is a little bit different. Texas Southern is a 330 adjusted offense, 196 adjusted defense, but more up pace. Fairly tends to be a little bit slower pace. I like Texas Southern in this one to cover the two and a half. The thing about Fairleigh Dickinson is they are very undersized. They do not rebound well. Uh, They're rolling out like a 5'8 and a 5'9 guard. Those are the two guards they roll out. They're undersized. They don't have more than 6'6 in the paint. They shouldn't even be. They're they're, they're 3'12 in Ken Palm overall. They shouldn't even be in the tournament. They only won, they only get the bid because they finished second in the tournament. Merrimack is not eligible for the tournament. So they go by default. Now they're very similar in Ken Palm to Merrimack. They're fairly Dickinson's 312, Merrimack's 315. Dickinson likes to press a lot. But defensively and rebounding, it's an absolute shamble of a team. In Texas Southern, what do you think they do? They rebound well. Now, they're terrible. They get forced to the outside to shoot a lot, and they're not great at it. I don't think they're going to have the problem getting the ball inside at the rim for this one. We'll break it down a little bit more later on. Because I want to take a look at both these teams objectively and see if you have a rooting interest tonight and who you would like to see. Because I think both of these are interesting opponents, but both are opponents that I think Purdue uh, has the upper hand on. I'm going to go with Texas Southern tonight. I'll go ahead and lay the two and a half. The numbers are just misleading on them because they were dealing with so many injuries through the first Uh, quarter of their conference schedule they got off to like an 0-6 start wasn't great 286 in the Ken Palm all right with Southern even though they are 14 and 20 Uh, that is the play tonight you can make it with my friends over at uh, DraftKings if you like they have a number of promos going on for you here no Sweat Same Game Parlay for the NBA. Uh, there is a uh, Champions League boost on there for you as well if you want to get into your footy. Uh, and a play-in live boost tonight. 25% live boost for your playing games this evening. So take advantage. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Greg Braggs Jr. from Braggs in the Stands. Uh, I know you've seen this. I know you've seen him around Purdue. Uh, started out with a lot of Chicago sports, but he's He's coming to the Purdue for, fold here the last couple of uh, years, and I think he's doing some really good stuff. Uh we're gonna hear from him. We'll get his takes on Purdue and uh you know what the Bears have been doing in free agency and just how he got involved in all this stuff too. Became a Purdue fan and all that stuff. We'll talk to him next. Great talk. Stick around for that. It's the Hammer Down show on 1017 the Hammer, 1017. Welcome back. It is the uh, Hammer Down Show, 1017 Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We are going over to the Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, social media, I'm sure you've uh, gotten to know this guy here. Greg Braggs Jr. is on with us. Braggs in the stands. Uh, that is the brand. You, you've seen the podcast. You've seen the pictures. Uh, this guy is, uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest just having a moment right now here in the uh, Purdue community <laughs> as well, and uh, we're glad to have him here. Greg, it's a pleasure meeting you, man. Um you know, I think I first got started noticing you during uh, baseball season, football, a lot of Chicago talk, and I I thought that stuff was great. Uh, I've really noticed this season a lot of um, the, the pictures, the Purdue content that you have done this year. Of course, uh, you had the uh, with the podcast with like Sasha and stuff going on. I mean, you've really kind of grown this brand here over the last couple of years. It's been really impressive, buddy.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's been somewhat of a whirlwind for me here the last 5 years. I I started, you know, I'm a Chicago sports fan and a lot of this um media, quote unquote, uh game that I've kind of gotten into started with the Chicago Bears uh and 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 kind of took off from there, you know, filming at training camp and doing high school coverage and things of that nature and kind of just kept taking step by step to different different heights. And now I'm at, uh, CHDO Sports, which is a Chicago sports media company with some pretty big, uh, names in Chicago sports media. And then I'm the, I'm the bricklayer, the meatball of the crew. So it's, it's, it's kind of fun because I get to carve out my role with that team. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm covering the Chicago Bears with them now. And yeah, I've, I've been with Purdue doing things with them for like the last five or six years, but I, I kind of started my media coverage with them over the last three. And I kind of wanted to take it slowly because, as you mentioned, uh, Sasha Stefanovich is is a good friend of mine. Our family is friends with his. So I watched him throughout high school and then in college, obviously, as well, and became a season ticket holder for Purdue and really started to fall in love with the program. You know, obviously I'm from the region, Crown Point, Indiana, and there's so much region ties to Purdue basketball and obviously just rooting for Sasha's success was a lot of fun, and he ended up, you know, not not too bad for a Purdue career, seventh all-time in in three-point makes, you know, in Purdue basketball history a pretty illustrious uh, program to have a top-ten, you know, honor there, And, and a lot of other things he did well there, as well as a team, first team to ever be number one in the country in Purdue men's basketball history, so... You know, I, I kind of took it slowly when it came to Purdue coverage, but now that he's gone, I, I felt it was more appropriate now to to up the media coverage, you know, so to speak. I was always doing kind of podcast shows and to, uh, become friends with Bobby Riddell and things of that, to guys like that around the program. But this year I kind of put both feet in the water to start really covering the team like I want to. Uh, not feel like I'm uh stepping on my buddy's toes because I just wanted to root for him at the end of the day uh not not make it about coverage so it's been a lot of fun this year it's really taken off like a rocket obviously the team being as good as they are has helped that immensely uh, and, and unexpected for sure uh being unranked uh, number one in the country fast fastest team to ever do that in 34 days and um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, like you said, we call it Braggs in the Stands, but we call our shows when we do Boilers coverage, we call it Boilers in the Stands. So, um Braggs in the Stands basically has become the network and now we're gonna do some shows underneath that umbrella and I've got a great team that I've uh um, kinda came to to team up with. You know, uh Craig Bowers, he's a guy that runs uh Boiler Die Hard's Facebook group where there's like eleven thousand Purdue fans, he's very knowledgeable. He's been around the team for a long time. And then a couple students we cross paths with, with uh, Joe Jackson and Aiden Coons. They really understand the game at an X's and O's standpoint and an analytical standpoint. So, you know, we do post-game shows immediately following the games. We do weekly interviews. We've had Zach Eady on last night. We interviewed Julie Eady, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer, Ethan Morton, a lot of different players, and and former players as well, and and we just have a good balance with Craig, Joe, and Aiden, and I. You know, I stay being the meatball with this as well, and I kind of let them have the perspective and the X's and O's coverage. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been getting a lot of uh, good responses, and the YouTube channel is growing and stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. So I appreciate you uh, checking in on us.
0: I'll tell you what, it's it's becoming a crowded space with the uh, you know with the popularity. Uh, of this basketball team the last several years. I, I know there's a, a lot of them. Uh, Lord knows I've done a few of them myself here uh, as a guest, too, and I think that's all it's it's a really great community. You talk about just kind of jumping into it here. It, it really is a great community of fans and uh, other folks that uh, are, are trying to get out there and kind of do their own thing with podcasting. It, it, it's a really – I've always found this to be a very unique community uh, that it, they're passionate about their stuff, but then they're also – I just like to think that they're pretty good fans with each other on top of that.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm, I've become good friends with a lot of guys like Brian Tonsoni, who does Delphi, Delphi Bracketology. Yep. He's, been, he's been incredible in Assembly Call, obviously, uh, the rival podcast. But even then, those guys, and Brian specifically, have been great to me. Dave Kovich and Ben Kolodzinski from uh, Indiana Sports Cut, ISC Purdue. They They've been incredible with us, working with us they credentialed me last year for the sweet 16 and the Elite eight under their team. And you know, you're right. It's, it's a lot of guys kind of, uh, you know, helping each other out and, and trading work with each other. You know, it's, it's a lot different with Chicago sports coverage. I can promise oh, yeah. you that. <laughs> and, and then, and then a lot of the credit also goes to the Purdue, you know, uh, social media, the SID over there. Uh, Chris Foreman is, is great working with different outlets and, He gave us an opportunity to be credentialed and and follow this team and cover this team. And without him, you know, allowing that, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to do half the things we're able to do. So, you know, just even with the program and, you know, all the different outlets around, it is a very tight-knit community, and everyone's really cool to each other. Obviously, we're all trying to grow in our own different ways but you don't feel as much of the nastiness that comes with competition and for me that you know when I like I said with Chicago sports coverage which is much different and much more cutthroat it's a breath of fresh air to just come over to the Purdue community and have fun with this and not feel this uh tension in the room when you're standing with you know uh, Brian Newbert or Mike Carmen and and those guys are just amazing they're not they, they don't have a jealous bone in their body they're doing their work and we're doing ours and it's a lot of fun to cover the team when when you have that around
0: you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Brian. We, we, you know, he's just so tremendous in everything that he does. You, you mentioned Carm, another great guy too. That uh, yeah, they're 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 real nice. It, it's uh, I, I always count ourselves really lucky to be able to uh, be in a community like this. Uh, right, we're talking with Greg Braggs, Jr. for Braggs in the stands here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, this is uh, you, you know you talked about your uh, Chicago coverage as well. We've been talking a lot uh, yesterday. Actually, just kind of went through this. Uh, uh, what's been happening in free agency, I'll tell you what, uh, what they just did with linebacker, you know, no more Roquan Smith, but what they flipped that into here over the long term with two great pieces at linebacker and a second-round right. pick, you've got to be ecstatic about that as a Chicago fan.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it, Ryan Poles is the antithesis to Ryan Pace. He's a guy that's, you know, making smarter deals and free agency, front-loading contracts so you're not hamstrung long-term. You know, he's making trades. He traded the number one pick on Friday while we were at the Big Ten Tournament. I was literally at the Billy Goat Tavern after the Purdue game in between the two sessions when the news broke that the number one pick had been traded. And, you know, we're doing Bears coverage, so my team says we're going live in ten minutes. I had to bolt out of there and run five blocks back to the United Center to do a show for, you know, basically all of Chicago. We got crazy numbers on that show. And uh, everybody was so excited because Ryan Poles was able to get a haul back and a wide receiver. I mean, in the, last, in the four day span, he picked up DJ Moore, a dynamic wide receiver that's only 25 years old in a thin, where there's no fr- wide receivers available in the free agent market. A uh, future first-round pick, a second-round pick this year, a, a future second-round pick in 2025. you know, And and then, you, like you mentioned, T.J. Walker, Tremaine Edmonds, they pick up a defensive end, uh, you know, and an offensive lineman from Tennessee, Nate Davis, all in four days. And, and none of these moves are things that are going to, like where you, as a fan, look at it, and, and sometimes you'll get a player and you'll be like, what are we doing? This is going to set us back. None of these picks, none of these moves have screamed that, and it's because it just feels like this GM in Ryan Poles really understands how to build a franchise. Maybe I'm getting ahead of my skis. I'm certainly you know, biased, and I want it to work out as a, as a Chicago Bear, Bears fan first and foremost, but you just see the approach is much more calculated and not as desperate as our previous GM who would trade up and give up picks. I mean, he traded a pick to acquire nick Foles, i mean that that's not having a great poker face this this gm strikes me as a guy that has a really good poker face and understands to be patient be calculated and build your team the right way and and i think he's on the right track for sure
0: uh... there there's a lot of franchises uh, franchises i know that would like to take that approach as well but for some reason uh... they have to do things the hard way not looking to our friends (laughs) down south in marion county but uh, that's just uh, my opinion there. Craig Braggs Jr. on with us. Uh, again, Braggs in the stands. Uh, the uh, Look, if you're not following these guys, uh, they just do such tremendous content. And I know so many inns or you know, region guys around here, gals that uh, love that kind of stuff. And I, he just does such a great job of getting you Purdue stuff, getting the Chicago stuff here. Summertime's coming up here, too. And I'm sure you thrive in the summer in Chicago, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to be t- – taking. Summer's now going to become, you know, because Bragg's in the stands for a long time was basically my resume. It was my way to build things up to get my eyes on Chicago media. So I was doing a lot of Chicago Cubs coverage, quote-unquote, from the stands, wanting to give it, uh, you know, a, a, in the stands perspective as far as the media is concerned. But now that I'm, like, full-fledged into Chicago Bears with CHGO and uh and obviously uh Purdue Sports all in on this coverage, uh, I'm going to be using the summer after the NFL draft to just enjoy my days out in the Wrigley Field bleachers. So if you see me out there, uh, I'll, buy you a, I'll buy you a drink or a beer and we can just relax and have fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the summertime and having some time to, to kind of reset for football season and, and obviously next year's basketball season. But we've got a big march here ahead of us with Purdue. I'm, I'm certainly really excited for that. And, and I think this team is, is has had the poise to make a deep run. I mean, there's no guarantees. You just never know how a game's going to unfold matchup-wise or the way the officials are going to call a game or whatever. But I think this team in the last two years has been through every different scenario, and Zach Eady is just such a leader to this team uh, I think they're going to have the right mindset going into every game and they're going to have a chance to win whatever game they play in. So I'm really excited to see if they can, you know, they won the regular season Big Ten championship. They won the Big ten, ten, uh, Big Ten tournament championship. And these are things they fell short of last year. And I feel like it's their poise in a lot of ways. Uh, obviously matchups have a big thing to do with that when you get into tournament play, but I just think this team has what it takes to slay that final dragon and get to a Final Four and potentially a national championship that I know Purdue fans are desperate for.
0: I hope you're right, buddy. Uh, Greg Braggs Jr. on with us here. and uh, man, I'll tell you what, hopefully I see you out there in the bleachers this year. I'll be the one lone Pirates fan at whatever game that you happen to be there shouting and deleting beers. That'll that'll be me. And then yeah. by the seventh inning, I'll just be yelling banners. I think that works, right? That's all you do? You just yell banners at somebody and then that works out from the 70s? Yeah. Yes,
1: absolutely. That'll get that's one way to get us fired up. Well Matt Matt Painter I know is a season ticket holder. We saw one of the great pictures I got from the tournament was him lifting his shirt up. The W shirt W shirt underneath, so uh maybe we can uh tra- trade off some uh beers with Matt if he's if he's walking around uh the friendly confines. We gotta watch but, uh, out. We won't uh, yeah. have a media
0: credential after that weekend. I'll tell you that right now. We'll run <laughs> we'll run out of trouble right there. You'll have to rebrand you, you you keep on with the success and everything and you get kicked out, you have to rebrand to Braggs and the Sweets, let me tell you. Uh you gotta be a little bit more of a high roller at that point. Greg, look, it is a pleasure absolutely meeting you here um and uh talking to stuff. So happy for your success. Love having you in the Purdue family. They said so the game day pictures are great. The podcasting is great as well. And uh, when I do get some time, I do, I do check out the uh, CHGO Sports there, even though all those jabronis are doing nothing but giving you a hard time about Purdue. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mark Car- Mark Carmen specifically. But I'm giving it back to them. They thought they could beat me down with Purdue stuff, and then they're holding two trophies in the last two weeks. So I told them, hey, that's karma. You guys want to keep talking crap, maybe more, is gonna- more trophies are coming down the wire but I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's 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 fun to get ingratiated with this Purdue community and everything else I'm doing and you know, I'm always gonna be that fan in the stands. That's that's how I wanna approach this. Everybody can do you know, I respect the traditional media and how they do it. There's obviously a place for that always. That's not going anywhere. But for me specifically, I wanna to try to give People a perspective from the fan in the stands, and that's why we call it boilers in the stands or brags in the stands, because I want to identify with the people I'm a bricklayer by day, I mean I still lay bricks during the day and then I do media coverage at night or whenever i can and and I want to be for the people the the blue collar people and and the people that go out at you know in the bleachers or you know at Mackey arena in the paint crew that's that's who I want to identify with, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, getting that feedback from fans that appreciate that perspective.
0: Big thanks to Braggs there. I think he's doing good work. Guys should know about him. It's the Hammer Down Show. One zero one seven the hammer. One zero one seven the Hammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. Uh, yeah, I want to thank him for uh, taking the time. Stop by the show here. Learn a little bit more about what they do. Uh, again, the the Twitter handle at Braggs in the stands. Uh, great pictures from game time. Great podcasting uh, about your boy the makers as well. Check them out. All right, tonight we will know who will be Purdue's upcoming opponent on Friday in the NCAA tournaments. It'll either be a Texas Southern Tigers team out of the SWAC or Fairleigh Dickinson. So the question that you logically have coming into this one is. Jared, who do we want to play? Who Who is the better matchup for Purdue? And I, I, I'm i leaning one way, but both of these teams present their own challenges for Purdue. But they're challenges that I believe uh, Purdue can either overcome or at least withstand to move on to the second round. Texas Southern is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. That is my play. The Texas Southern Tigers, back into the play-in games here. This will be their uh, third straight year they've played in Dayton, and fifth time since 2014. So the program should be somewhat used to this. Now the thing that jumps out immediately is that poor win-loss record. They made it into the tournament strictly by winning the SWAC tournament. They beat Grambling, who was the class it looked like of this conference. But sometimes appearances can be misleading. Problem with Texas Southern, and that record is, it's really not indicative of who they are. P.J. Henry was great for them in the SWAC tournament. 56 points. In three games, uh, he, he was missing during the beginning of the season. In fact, they were missing about four or five guys all this time in early January. And their sixth man off the bench had a four-game absence. So they started 0-5 in the SWAC. The other side of that token, though, is they only finished 7-6 and six after that. Once they started getting everybody back. P.J. Henry, from that guard position, is going to be a high-volume shooter. Remember that term? And he's probably their best player. The thing is, though, this team likes to attack in the paint. It's a good rebounding team. And they got three pieces that they can put down there uh, into the paint. That's where they like the score. Because they have a complete lack of shooting. 354th nationally in percentage of points scored from behind the arc. So they're a little one-dimensional in the paint. And you gotta think as a Purdue fan, say, well, you've got Zach down there, you've got Mason Gillis down there. I mean, that, that that's the strength of this defense, right? The thing that does scare me about that is if you're gonna be putting a lot of big bodies in the paint there, that's a lot of bumping on Zach. I worry about the fouls. This is the first game for the tournament. So no more of this Big Ten and stuff. It's going to be a little bit different. They don't have anybody seriously tall. They've got a 6'10 guy who is uh, uh, not a starter. He's a bench guy, so they don't have a, a ton of size, but they do have a lot of strength. That's Texas Southern. Ken Palm's 286. They're 350 in adjusted offense, 196 in adjusted defense, and they do like to get up and down the court. They're 76 in adjusted tempo. I don't think that's anything that Purdue can't overcome. You like a team that struggles from shooting from the perimeter? You're going to drive them into, uh, into the paint where Zach lives? I don't know how often you win those battles. So it's not bad. Is it the most ideal yet? Yeah, good question. Let's take a look at this other squad. Fairly Dickinson, nineteen and five. They're all the way down three, twelfth in Ken Palm, one fifty-six in their adjusted offense, three sixty-one in adjusted defense, and a uh, middle of the pack tempo, one eleven. The two things that stand out about them. One, they shouldn't be here. They did not win their conference tournament. Merrimack did. But Merrimack is not eligible out of the NEC. So it goes to the second place team, barely Dickinson. Now, those two are ridiculously close in Ken Palm, 312 versus 315. Merrimack a much more defensive team, not as great offensively. Dickinson much better offensively not as great defensively the other thing that sticks out about fairly Dickinson is they are a small team they start a five eight point guard and a five-9 shooting guard they do like the press a lot they'll put five guys on the floor that can beat you off the dribble Here's the problem with them. They do not play anybody who's taller than six foot six. So, for that you know, nice offensive firepower they got playing that small ball, they can't rebound. They can't play defense. They will play tight man to man on you. But once you get it towards the rim, they're done. Opponents shoot 63.7 at the rim. That's bottom 25 in the country. They don't get after it on the uh, on the glass either. Don't really throw in the zone to do that, to help out with this stuff. I am worried about how much they press, but if Purdue can get set in the half court and you've got 5'8 and 5'9 guarding you, and you've got six six on seven four Zach Eady. you just gotta throw it at the rim I mean look at Purdue's guard situation brainsmiths six foot so he's even seeing over these guys Fletcher lawyers six four Mason Gillis will get some entry passes and he's six six David Jenkins is six one Brandon Newman is six five. Ethan Morton is six seven. This shouldn't be a problem. That would be an easy matchup in the in the terms of hey, you're getting the ball up the floor. All you got to do is let Zach or whoever else is in the interior. If you got to go over to Caleb, you know six ten. If you're putting Trey Cop and right at the six at, at the same time get it in, let them back them down, or just set up right in front of the rim and just throw it up high. They'll catch it, turn around, and dunk it. That shouldn't be hard. I think I come down on the side of I, I want Fairly Dickinson just because of the size. They're also very poor on defense, and because of that lack of size, I think that's kind of where I come down on. I'd much rather be the oversized team and make them have to hit shots all day. As opposed to Texas Southern, who wants to take the inside play in the heart of my defense, and then they can't kick it out and and shoot. But the problem with Texas Southern that I continue to worry about is if you're going to put big bodies in there and bang around a lot, you just better hope that, you know, Zach isn't on the losing end of those calls early on. That does concern me. It just seems to me with the height advantage that you would get against the Fairleigh Dickens D. And I'd much rather go against a team with a 350 adjusted offense and a 196 defense as opposed to, uh, you know, Fairley, who's much better on offense with the 156 versus the 361 uh, on defense. Texas Southern, a little bit more on the rise. They got their guys. They've been in this position before in the first four, play in, what have you. It just seems like, to me, I'd take fairly Dickinson. But I still think Purdue is suited to take down whichever team they end up playing in the first round. But we'll be watching tonight. We're going take our final break. We'll come back and uh, things we miss coming up next up. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017theHammer.com. Uh, about done here. Let's get to some of the things we may have missed. Shout out to Purdue. Women's tennis continuing to climb the rankings. Uh, they're up to 37 in the ITA team rankings. They're doing pretty darn good. What were they? Uh, well, just a couple of weeks ago, they were down in like the, they were ranked 50th and went from 57 to 50. Now they're up at 37. Nine and one on the season too. It's free to go over to Schwartz and watch tennis, by the way, this season. Go on out and support, man. They're doing a great job. Good uh, for, great great for them. Absolutely great for them. Uh, local footballers, by the way, that uh, got named to this year's uh, IFCA North-South uh, All-Star Game. Of course, we have the uh, North, uh, Brandon Jackson from Lafayette Jeff. Uh, JoJo Houston from the Broncos as well. Shout out to Coach Henderson. He's going to be on that staff. Uh, Bricker Crumb from Harrison on that line. Zach Kerr, CC, going to be on that O-line. And then, you know, Max Mullis lace it up one more time for the great, stay, for the great high schools here in Indiana. You'll love to see that. So uh, congratulations to them on that. And finally, did I watch any of this Aaron Rodgers drama today? Of course not. I don't care where he wants to go. Why are we waiting on such bated breath for this? Oh, he's going to emerge from his darkness retreat. We got to figure... I'm just. I'm sorry. And Kyle Chargers is right about one thing. Didn't to talk about how weird that guy is and how much of a jerk that he really was? And he is. He basically tried to do LeBron's version of the decision today to announce that, hey, I'm electing that I want to go play for the Jets. Now they just got to go out and get the deal done. It's just. It's weird. He's a weird guy. Took shots at a lot of reporters and other people today. I never liked the decision with LeBron to begin with. This felt like it all over again. I just he's not the dude that I roll with. Sorry. And I'm I'll be honest with you. He seems I, I don't know that he's gonna be able to handle New York media. It's a legit concern for me. A legit concern. We'll see what happens to him. That does it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thank you for listening. Uh, Big thanks to uh, Braggs for being on today as well. We're going to have our interview and uh, the whole episode up for you. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible. We're all on those. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at Jared on 1017. We'll have it posted up there. We'll also have it posted on on that 1017, the Hammer Facebook account. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Hammer. Located nine miles north of Greencastle at the intersection of US 231 and US 36, Detro Traders has a huge selection of enclosed, utility, equipment, and car trailers. Featuring ShureTrack, Cargo Express, Aluma, and many other brands, Detro's has over 500 trailers in stock for you to choose from. With a knowledgeable service department and highly rated customer service, Detro Traders has been serving customers for over 32 years. See DetroTrailers.com for more information today.